There comes a time in every superfan's life that he will find himself with no choice but to capture the hosts of his favorite podcast. <laughs> it's only natural, a natural law even. To this end, I have sought out the hosts of the Nameless Dead. Yes, you know the ones, Karina, Emily, and Katie. And I have them now trapped within the confines of my reasonably priced above-ground pool. And there I will show them footage from a crime most strange and diabolical. A series of crimes that I have deep personal knowledge of, shall we say. <laughs> will they put the pieces together in time? Can they pierce the exquisite conundrum that I have laid before them like a plate of sardines? Only time will tell. But what they don't know is that time is running out. That's going to be hard to explain. Dust begins one of the bravest intergalactic rescues. As after witnessed, Bruce, Carrie White had terrible luck. Power to destroy an entire town. <laughs> episode of each one we're just like what american horror story season two asylum hey guys like what if i get too scared <laughs> there's no being scared are you worried cool. about the possum again maybe <laughs> oh you might sneak up on us perhaps this is of its time being of 2011 and 2012 but the homophobia and racism is Jesus. pretty fucking in your face. Ah, oh, wow. wow. Not less racist. Not Same. less racist. Worse. Well, I'm going to be real. So, like, I think with the interracial marriage and the rest of it, they're trying to do a Lovecraft Country sort of thing. Let's deal with this without pulling any punches. But the problem is it's two white guys making it. They're trying to be like, it's the characters that are racist, yeah. not us. Part of the American horror story is that mm, we are a racist and yeah. sexist and homophobic well, country. And I think dealing with that, honestly, would have been a lot better than whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. actually contending with it. And I think that this is a half-hearted attempt without a real in-depth understanding about what race relations in America are actually like if you're not a cis white man. Yeah. Plus aliens. Yeah, aliens. And crazy people. Another thing that white dudes like. Microchips. We start with the present day couple. We start start with the present day couple. With the honeymooners. Who are visiting the 12 most haunted places in America and trying to fuck in all of them. That's respectful. Wait, so they're visiting the 12 most haunted places in America and he's like, you think it's haunted? Like, yes, that's the whole point of this, right? Seems they made it out of the first 11. Apparently they did not tour the murder house in LA. Right. They visit this closed down asylum, which used to be a DB Ward. Forty-two thousand people died here, which is astounding. That's a staggering figure. Not comparatively, right now, right? Right. (laughs) Give me one hundred eighty thousand or nothing. Oh Jesus! And then it was purchased purchased by the Catholic Church. A power-hungry Monsignor and his lust. Dude. Head none. She's Head not none. even a mother superior. She's not. I was searching she's for the term. She's still sister. She's a sister, They're yeah. still calling her sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was surprising. I was fully expecting a mother superior. Yeah. Uh, well, you gotta have goals. So, in the present day, they 
explore a little bit, and then... He sure keeps trying to get in his new wife's pants, and she's like, <laughs> no, let me Bless. see more. Then they find this locked room. With a little door. Bolty yeah. door. It looks like the solitary confinement room, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it yeah. might have been. She they sticks her camera in. Each, yeah, they each keep trying to shine a flashlight, and they can't see, for some reason, what's mm-hmm. in there. And then he goes to take a picture with her phone, and... Gets his arm ripped off yeah. as she's giving him a blowjob, which must have been a really harrowing, very confusing very, experience. Like, in the face to yeah. get her off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your priorities shift in that moment. Yes. I would think. So she runs to get help. Tries to cajole drag him, him into yes. leaving. Tries to drag him, but she's not able to do it. So she runs to get his phone, which he left in the car. She, she thinks. thinks but and she can't leave. The door they came in is chained shut. She doesn't think to break any windows. So break the window. Yeah. Huh? Kick it out. There's it sucks when you're wearing jeans. But also there's like bricks and shit on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a choice of armament. Oh god. Nope. So she's like running down the secret passageway, which we Somehow think is the she death chute. The yeah. death chute. And runs into you. Bloody face. Hey, bloody face. Bloody face. The serial killer that's infamously haunting that asylum. Yep. She runs into a figure with a yes. bloody face. Yeah. It is not the young man Fair. we have been introduced to. Could which... be a present day person that's just like <laughs> chilling, <laughs> waits to scare people. Jumping back into 1964. We meet a charming young gas station attendant, Kit. Kit, who um, is newly married. Newly married, but a, nobody knows. In a secret interracial marriage. You need to keep a secret. She's the one who would be in danger. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not yeah. the one that's going to get killed. They seem very happy. Oh. First, we meet some associates yeah. of his, people he knows, who... Yeah. Uh, break into the gas station and cut the power to try and steal his gun to commit some racial violence. But he, he covers the gun and scares them off. And then he goes home to his lovely new wife. Where he can finally put his wedding ring on. He sees headlights outside and assumes it's the guys from the gas station. Well, what do you think are headlights? And he goes out with his shotgun, shouts to his wife to stay in the kitchen no matter what. Mm-hmm. A bright light shines down on him. Incredibly bright light. And then he hears his wife call for help. Mm-hmm. He runs back in the house. Can't find her. Suddenly, like a loud ringing. Yeah, a loud ringing happens, and then suddenly the ceiling or something above the ceiling is magnetized. Gravity shifts. One by one, he watches things stick to the ceiling, and then he, his entire body goes up and sticks to the ceiling as well. Mm-hmm. And then we get some flashes of perhaps disturbing things. Yeah, alien, alien experimentation on him. Alien appendages? Yeah. What? Aliens? What? Kind of look like aliens. Cut to Reporter Lana. A promising young journalist, Lana. Under the pretense of interviewing and doing a story on the bakery, she goes to the asylum. The very day. Eats that molasses bread every morning. That kit is being delivered. He is a renowned serial out. killer. Mm-hmm. Yes, they believe he is bloody face. Victoria's talking about the maniac. The killer of those women, isn't she? Bloody face. Bloody face. An eyewitness caught a glimpse of him leaving one of the crime scenes wearing a mask, which appeared to be made of human flesh. I heard he's going to be here today. Is there any way I could meet him? The latest of his victims is apparently his wife. 
his yes. late wife. Oh, are they saying he killed Alma or somebody did? Oh. Yeah, I don't think Alma made it. Oh. So he skins his he's, victims? He's killed three women in the town. And yeah, he skins them alive. Is he being framed? As Did the aliens make him do it? Is this all made up? Is he even the real bloody face? Well, we find out later he's got a microchip that turns into a bug and walks away implanted huh? into him. He got microchipped! Oh, alien microchip. They were real big back then. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's moving. Oh. <laughs> so that could very easily have changed his personality or forced him, they yeah. forced him to do things. Uh-huh. I don't know, it's really hard to tell because he seems exactly like he was before when he's in the asylum. He seems remarkably sane. We meet Sister Jude, who is ever so strict, meeting all of those angry, mean, nun stereotypes. However, she does seem to have her patient's best interest at heart, as Katie mentioned. To some extent. As questionable as her methods are. Exactly. Right. She does seem to believe that she's helping people. Although, she may have an ulterior motive in her lusty pants for the Monsignor. She is in love with the priest, yeah. I think all she does, she's just doing to impress him and propel him further. I mean, maybe. So then we see... Lana go home, unsatisfied with what she learned at the asylum. Mm -hmm. We meet Lana's girlfriend. Who's a third grade teacher. teacher. They Um, seem very charming and happy together. And Lana is determined to break the story of Bloody Face. Even though all the odds are stacked against her. Well, we should reverse and meet the doctor. It's kind of strange. We don't know if the priest hired the doctor or the church sent him. I got the feeling the church sent him. Well, he said that the church approved. Of Dr. Arden, who was a, a longtime friend of the priest. Um, he seems to be murdering some of the... He's definitely doing some questionable and human rights violating experimenting uh-huh. on the, the patients. Because the, the, the yes. ones who are disappearing are the ones who have no family. Where are the bodies? Oh no. Oh. Ashes to ashes. Dust. To dust. He's curious in what makes a monster biologically in the brain. We know he has a collection of brains. We're pretty sure that he was keeping someone in one of the rooms. Mm-hmm. And also the other nun goes out and feeds something in the woods. At Dr. Arden's behest. And it seems to be feeding him the human remains. While she's out in the woods. <laughs> she runs into Lana. Who is having a convenient cigarette on church grounds. Undisturbed by Sister Mary Eunice's discombobulation. Follows her back to the asylum. She just wants five minutes. Yep. Yep. Just wants her five minutes. Blackmails her for five minutes. There's a lot of blackmail in this episode. So while Lana is looking around in the men's ward. Trying to find Kit. She's left alone momentarily. I'll be right back, Miss Winter. Please don't go anywhere. She's not cut out for this work. Hides in an empty cell when Sister Jude comes in with her yes. her flashlight, checking that all is well. Once Sister Jude passes, she leaves the cell and goes to another nearby cell and looks in. Looks in and is attacked by something or someone mm-hmm. and passes out. Kit, when he moves in, gets threatened by Sister Jude. Gets well, whipped by Sister Jude. Makes a friend, Grace. Grace. He gets beat up in the social room and gets put in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. He 
has a short conversation with Grace and then is taken from solitary confinement by Dr. Arden. Grace first brings him a plate, which we later learn may be human meat. We don't know. We don't know who's eating what. No. Dr. Arden straps him down and starts talking to him about his frontal cortex, his frontal lobe. Finds a questionable lump in his neck. Cuts open his neck and pulls out a microchip which grows legs and walks away. Cockroach style. The most terrifying microchip. There Um, are some other uh, inmates that we meet. Shelly, a nymphomaniac. (laughs) Shelly was brought to us, having been given the preposterous diagnosis by a psychiatrist, comparing her to a wooden... You mean a nymphomania? It's <laughs> more nonsense from the charlatans. Wouldn't Do we need to talk about Sister Jude having dinner with the Monsignor? Yeah, we do. Sister Jude's red lingerie. That's <laughs> <laughs> a red lingerie. Yeah. Quite scandalous lingerie for the good sister. It's for the war. Right. Right. I have perfume. She's she's wearing some real hot stuff to cover it up and go have dinner with the priest. Yeah, she harbors fantasies about him. Monsignor Timothy Howard. She expresses her concerns about Dr. Arden. Mm-hmm. He tells her to mind her own business. Dr. Yep. Arden is approved by the church. He's a friend. He's yep. a scientist. God gave him these scientific ideas. Yep. I think he knows that Sister Jude is into him and is playing it up. Maybe. I mean, she is... She's his right hand woman. What was the bird thing? A rare bird. A rare bird. Rare. Oh. Compliment. (laughs) You don't think I'd laugh at his face? Most women of the club (laughs) feel they have to deny all the sense. Please don't ever speak Latin to me. No. Rare Absolutely not. She's like putty in his Latin speaking hands. They discover Lana. In the asylum. Sister no, Jude visits Lana's yes. functionally Partner. wife. We're very, oh, you know, like sisters. But point in fact, you're not sisters. <laughs> I am spice. Blackmails her, saying that she'll expose her as a lesbian and she'll never be able to work again unless she signs over uh, Lana to the asylum. You'll be ruined. You'll never step into a classroom again. I mean, just like move across the country. Yeah, as I say. Yeah. Wait! But when your world is small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sister Jude seems to have some ideas of letting Lana figure out what Dr. Arden is doing and wants to partner with her, but... Can't help but be a shitty... Yeah, instead of just saying that and saying, hey, like, let's do this together, she straps her down to a bed and says that she's been betrayed by her wife and has to stay. Why couldn't she have partnered yeah. up? Yeah. Well, then she still away. wants to control the narrative, right? Like, she yeah. still has her own goals um, yeah. to yeah. achieve. It would have been a better play, either way. More humane. Um, <laughs> and she would have gotten farther because Lana would have worked harder. Because, yeah. like, it's what Lana wants, and she knows that. We've uh, laid the groundwork here. And There's also the an interesting relationship between Sister Jude and that younger blonde Sister Mary Eunice, I believe. That's it. She is reprimanding Mary Eunice for 
allowing Lana to enter the asylum and find things out. Right. Which insinuating she's stupid. Coddled her, treated her as a favorite, etc. So mm-hmm. there's some extra relationship there mm, that yeah. we don't know about beyond. Well, there's sure. definitely like a motherly manipulation. Yes. Yes, I don't like, know that she is her mother. Right. Because she's calling her sister. But you kind of have to. So you I don't would think in private they would mm, call each other. Maybe. Something else. But I guess I don't know. There are lots of familial relationships within the church when you like live there. So yeah, poor sister Mary Eunice. She didn't, She made a bad call. But I was fully expecting, like, if she dismisses her from this church, yeah, sure, you need to go to another church now. Yeah, yeah. But that um, wouldn't be any fun for the story. Sister Jude finds the doctor cleaning that room oh, that hasn't yeah. been used in forever, and it has large scratches it's covered all over in the scratch marks. gouges. So, and he's like, what? I just... It's been empty. It's, it's been empty, and I'm going to use about. it for storage. That weird thing it's you casual. smell... Just my my Lysol home now. Yes. Disinfectant. Don't you know what that smells like? The Nameless Dead would like to thank me, Matt Hardy, for trapping the hosts in his pool. <laughs> and to our producer, Derek Adams. If you liked this little experiment, tell your friends, follow the Nameless Dead on your favorite podcasting app, and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash namelessdeadpodcast. And until then... Happy Halloween. Halloween.